Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Hubcast. My name's Tim. This is a podcast for the Hub community, where we're taking some time to catch up with some folks from the community, and also having some conversations about times that we have been wrong. Times we've been wrong, made mistakes, and um, times that we've had to grow or been challenged uh, in our experience of faith. Just wanted to take a second to thank everybody that's been listening to this. I hope that this podcast has been enjoyable and beneficial for you. Today's episode is with my good friend, Bethany Ricker. I hope you enjoy this one. It's a good one. Get going. All right. We are here with Bethany Ricker. And Hold on, Adam whoa, Cresswell. before we... Oh, no apologies. Bethany Ricker. Must redact that previous statement. As we statement. just confirmed, mm-hmm. Dr. Bethany Ricker. Wow, mm-hmm. I'm honored. Dr. Ricker in the house, yeah, on the pod. We're not just joshing around. Our friend Bethany, yeah. who is legitimately uh, a doctor now and is as we will catch up, is heading mm-hmm. out soon to begin her residency. Mm-hmm. So this is... I'm very excited. We are going to sound and look so legit when this episode <laughs> drops, and it's Dr. Bethany Ricker. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've been titling the episodes like Name a Person and Then Was Wrong. So maybe we'll have to like make the bracket to clarify, not wrong about anything in her the, the, her field of medicine, which she is very, very talented and qualified at. Speaking on a subject on which I am not a doctor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So maybe we'll, we'll clarify that in there. But yeah. Dr. Bethany Ricker... We're so pumped to have you with us today. Wow, I'm mm-hmm. honored. What an intro. <laughs> <laughs> you can expect that level of quality for the entirety of this conversation. Ooh, We're wow. rambling as we go. Um, Bethany Ricker, dear friend of mine and fellow camp staff, uh, some folks might not know you. Some folks may be hearing from you for the first time. And uh, I'd love for you to introduce yourself. What are you, what are you up to these days? Yeah, so I um, indeed worked at Ryerson Camp for a couple of summers, got to know some of uh, these lovely hub people over that time, and then I went off to medical school at Queen's in Kingston, which is where I currently am, and I am currently packing up all of my life's possessions and packing it into a trailer uh, my husband and I bought a five by eight trailer to fit everything into, and we're going to do a road trip. <laughs> Amazing. You bought uh, it. Not we just bought like, it. You didn't rent a U-Haul. You bought like a legit trailer. U-Haul was actually going to be like super expensive to tow across the country. Like if you're renting oh, a bad. U-Haul for one day, it's, it's really affordable. But if you're renting a U-Haul for like a week or more and like dropping mm. it off at a location, like completely across the country from where you started, it was going to be probably about $2,000 once you what? added tax and everything. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think that was like being liberal, like with our timeline. Cause we don't want to like rush across. We're going to try to stop and see some things, do some hikes and like you got a road trip. Camp. Yeah, exactly. We wanted to see something. Mm. So like if we were being like liberal with our timing and considering tax and everything, it was going to be like $2,000. So we're like, you know what? We're just going to buy a trailer and then we can resell it when we get there. So the trailer totally. costs $5,000, which obviously is more expensive than the U-Haul. But by the time we just make one trip and then resell it, we will be making it worthwhile. So totally. Yeah. So it's super convenient because we also now have it early so we can start packing it up. Okay. And uh, yeah, so my, my room is a bit of a mess. Anyways, we're going to 
Nanaimo, BC, on uh, Vancouver Island, so just close to Victoria. And that is where I am going to be doing my uh, family medicine residency. So that's another two years. So yeah, heading out of the province, wanted a little bit of an adventure, wanted to do something different, wanted to, you know, see the ocean, do some skiing, do some hiking. And I'm excited. It'll be great. Yeah. You'll be able to do like all of the elements on this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm super pumped. Amazing. This is so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many how many days are you planning for the the cross Canada? Honestly, we do not have a plan at all right now. The current plan is like yeah, a p- departure date, and then we're gonna visit uh, my grandparents who live in Northern Ontario, who we have not seen for a very long time due to the pandemic. Oh, awesome. mm-hmm. So yeah, we're gonna stop by theirs for a couple of nights, and beyond that, we really have no plan whatsoever. So we're just gonna kind of take each day as it comes. Do mm-hmm. some car camping if if we run into that, and do some like tent camping if it's available, and see the sights along the way. Yeah, love oh, it. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, my last uh, cross Canada was um, with Cassidy Burr in truly oh, the, the yeah. thick of COVID. Uh, mm. eight, like yeah, er- that's right. Early April of. 2020 uh mm-hmm. it was like she was living out there she wanted somebody to to drive back with her and mm-hmm. i flew out and uh we did it in like like four days just because there wow. like nothing was open so that it's just like okay we pee. guess we just drive yeah, <laughs> yeah. as much like see tourist attractions eat at yeah. interesting places like also it was april so you didn't like maybe yeah. i don't know how the weather was but especially in the prairies you may not have had the most like yay this is great let's go out and hike kind of weather mm-hmm it was not especially picturesque. Um, There's still ice on Lake Superior. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like right now with the border being closed, you kind of, mm. you take the longer route because it's quicker to pass mm-hmm. through the States. Oh yeah, But I, sure. I've said this many a time. Uh, I think that the stretch of highway, Sault Ste. Marie to Thunder Bay is like the most beautiful bit yeah. of Canadian road. Uh, and I don't, I can't say that confidently because I haven't been up north and I'm sure there's some really nice spots up there. Um, but it's so nice along Lake Superior with all the hills and like, it's just like, oh, it's glorious. I hope you have a great trip. That's exactly what uh, my, I have one friend that did the exact same trip as me last year to go out to Vancouver. And that's exactly what she said was like between Thunder Bay and Sault Ste. Marie. That's the spot. You got to do some hikes and see some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many really nice spots along there. Um, okay. Well, we've uh, we've got you here to ask you some questions about times that you've been wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. I always enjoy having conversations with you, um, and I always enjoy the way that you tell stories. You're a very enthusiastic storyteller. Um, oh, thank you. And yes. uh, so I'd love to hear about the uh, the young uh, Ricker household. Um, tell us uh, about a time that uh, you made a, a, a mistake or a time that you were wrong as a child. Well, I feel like you hyped up my storytelling, but what I was going to say is is really not a rather long or interesting story, but I was just thinking a couple of days ago, I was talking with a couple of my friends about names and like how your name kind of like sets a little bit about your personality and who you are. And, uh, it's just interesting to learn about people's middle mm-hmm. names. And my dad's middle name is Clifford. And when my sister and I were kids, we were like dead sure that he was named after Clifford the Big Red Dog because that was Absolutely. like the only Clifford in the <laughs> I world. Was say, there's not a lot of Cliffords to yeah, reference. Exactly. That's like, much it. You've never heard this no. name. You have no idea where it's coming from. And we're like, 
dad, why would Grandma Ricker name you after Clifford the Big Red Dog? And he's like, well, Clifford wasn't around when I was born. And we were like, mm, what? Mm, not sure about that. I, what's he trying to tell us? This does not seem legit. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was wrong about, about that name thing. That's for sure. I mean, I've never met a Clifford. Like, it still feels yeah. like a reasonable assumption. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, I've met a couple. Another name that I was thinking of that I was wrong about on a similar note was uh, I have a family friend named Sebastian. And when I met him, I was probably like, I don't know, four, five. And similarly, I really was sure he was named after Sebastian in The Little Mermaid, like the crab. And again, I was like, wow, interesting character to choose to name your child after. Hmm, curious. (laughs) That's an interesting conversation you were having with your friend about like how how your names shape you. Like you do hear mm-hmm. about like when a, when a particular series like young adult book series comes out or something, and then there ends up being all these kids named like Draco or Katniss. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> and like you know, like if you were named after some like important historical figure, I imagine there'd be some amount of like you know thinking about that character throughout your life. But mm-hmm. yeah, I do wonder like what is it what does it do to a kid's upbringing when you're named like Apple? Um, or whatever Elon Musk's kids. <laughs> yeah, these is. strange like, ones that really stick out. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I just got uh, Timothy Watson, Timothy Daniel Watson. Yeah. Well, the reason we were talking about this was because the, this family friend of ours is a midwife, so she like hears all the baby names as they're like coming into popularity, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, oh this name is like so popular right now. Like everyone's naming their kid." Isla was the like one that's really popular right now. She's like, that's nice. Like, oh, Wyatt. Oh, everyone's naming their kid Wyatt. And like, she's going on about the popular name. She's like, I thought so hard about my kids' names. And like, she's like, I don't really like my own name. I just find it so bland. And, Mm -hmm. and like, I'm trying to figure out how to like make it my own. And her name's Susan. So she's like, do I go by Sue? Or she spent a little time in South America. So it was Susanna. So she's like, but what really like feels like me and feels like my name and feels genuine. How do you Mm. feel about your name, Bethany? Uh, I like my name. Um, I usually go fully by Bethany. Like there are some people actually, funnily enough, it's the camp people that started calling me Beth. No one else in like any other areas Uh, of my life calls me Beth, but Haley Smith calls me Beth, like, and Cass, uh, Cass Uber, Mm -hmm. like they call me Beth pretty much all the time. Um, I don't know who started that. I I think Cass might've, um that's a thing too because i i uh bethany cowley yeah yeah um is is the same thing where she i can't remember which way it is but i'm pretty sure of the camp folks i think she said i'm one of the only people who calls her um beth and most other people refer to her as bethany but like it's funny in those different environments in life you just especially with a name that can be shortened like that yeah yeah just like yeah all camp people could call you um could call you one thing and then that's like something that no one else like in your family or at school yeah. or like in your workplace would ever refer to you like i don't think i've ever called you timothy yeah Tim. like no i've never called you timothy there's only a few people that do i uh i always say like oh, i don't care like pick whichever you want and it, there's only like a, f- a few people that settled into uh timothy uh jer belange often calls me timmy He's, I think, he's, uh, ah. not like Did exclusively, you... but he's the only one that like slips that in every so often in the rotation. That feels like if someone calls you Timmy, they should be like ruffling your hair and patronizing like, <laughs> a little scamp. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was gonna ask you if you ever got that as a child, Timmy. I didn't uh, because my mom like really does not like uh, it. Um, uh, so she would always correct people. I I didn't particularly. She laid the care. hammer down. 
Yeah, she would be like, no, don't call him Timmy. I got Timbit <laughs> from my uh, from my various uh, uh, relatives, and then also like Timber, uh, like the the thing you yell when you're knocking down a tree. Yeah, yeah. Or the great Kesha song. True. Yeah, that's a jam. Which is like yeah. with reference to using the word timber because it's going down. That's right. Mm. Uh, so a story I thought of with when you're talking about uh, your friend who's observing all of these names in uh, um, labor and delivery. Uh, my sister had a nursing placement when she was in school uh, in a labor and delivery floor, and there was this mm-hmm. one mother that was very upset um, during the delivery, and they thought it was like a pain thing, or they weren't sure what was going on, and they were trying to suss this out. And then there was a moment when the father was out of the room, and um, this mother finally like confessed. She was like, oh, he wants to name the kid this. I don't even remember what the name was. But it's this oh. terrible, terrible name. And she's like, I just, I don't want to, but I don't know how to bring this up. And they're like, oh this is, it's like, it's it's so this late is, in the game at this point. This is the latest yeah. possible hour where you can have that conversation before and the baby arrives. Exactly. So there's this incredible woman uh, that was, um, you know, my sister's preceptor, like the nurse that was overseeing her on this placement. Um, yeah. And this woman apparently... Uh, went out into the hall at some point in the in the labor um, uh, where the husband was um, and was like, you know, how are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, it's really stressful. It's a wild time. Like, I hope she's doing all right. You know, however this conversation went. And uh, this nurse said, uh, so what are you getting her for the birthing gift? And he's like, he's like, what? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, like you usually like you, uh, the father, you like get them a birthing gift. And, oh and he's gosh. like, what? I had no idea about this. What are you talking about? And she's like, oh, but like you, you could just like let her like pick the name or something. Like, it's, it's fine. <laughs> and it works. It works. And this lady like, like problem solved. Thank you to the wonderful nurse wow. at uh, McMaster Children's That's Hospital. Wow. I've actually heard like so many times, at least several times on labor and delivery, when you ask the parents like, oh, what are you naming them? The dad will often say like, she's doing all the work. She gets to decide or like something like something along those lines where the dad's like, I am out like this is or she's the one that's going through so much right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's fair. Very fair. Um, so anyway, beautiful story. I wish I had known the the name for context because it sounds like it was a pretty, pretty undesirable (laughs) name. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, let's um, let's uh, fast forward a, a, a little bit, and I would love to hear about mm. a, uh, a funny or a dumb mistake that you've made uh, potentially in your adult life or um, in uh, a, a, more, a more recent experience, if you got one. Sure. Yeah. When you were first describing this whole like theme of this podcast to me and like, oh, yeah, talking about times you make mistakes, I was like, oh gosh, Tim, like I have, I have mistakes up all lined up. Like it happens every day. Like, honestly, I'm just, I'm not the most careful person. I'm very much like a big picture thinker. I'm like, you know, efficiency onto the next thing, get things done kind of person. And like my, my poor husband, he's very careful and very detail oriented. And like, he's really trying to, you know, make me more careful and stamp it out of me. But it's just like, the the one thing one time that comes to my mind is like we were at an Airbnb, my husband and I, and we just got there like that day and we we're cooking dinner. And for whatever I was cooking, I was gonna roast some garlic. So I turned the oven on. I grabbed this little small pan out of the cupboard, put my tin foil wrap garlic in it, put it in the oven, keep making dinner. Fifteen minutes later, it's smelling so strange in there. We're like, what <laughs> the heck is going on? And I look through the oven window and I'm like, huh, that's strange. I thought I put that garlic on a pan. The garlic is just sitting there 
wrapped in tinfoil, like sitting <laughs> directly on the grill on in the, the oven on the rack. And I'm like, what the heck? That's so weird. I swear I put that on a pan. I opened the oven. The pan was clearly not a pan. It was something made out of plastic and it was completely melted. It was in like a literal puddle on the bottom of the oven. And I was like freaking out inside my head thinking like, holy crap, their oven is probably wrecked. We're probably going to have to replace the oven. We can't even stay here anymore. I bet like, right. Cause it's not even yours. You're a guest oh, somewhere. No. Yeah, oh, exactly. God. I'm like, I can't even make dinner anymore. We're both hungry. Like, holy crap, this is a disaster. <laughs> I'm and also then, never going to live this down. He's never yeah, going to exactly. <laughs> so in the end it turned out okay because it ended up like, I obviously just turned the oven off, took the garlic out um let it cool the plastic like hardened and then it actually mostly came off pretty easily it kind of just like you could pick it up like a sheet of plastic the the worst part was that it had dripped through that rack and the two racks below it so i had to like scrub off each of the rack with like uh, you know that iron cleaning an oven can be brutal too yeah well i took the racks out and like was cleaning them with this iron wool but it was just like it took like an hour to you know scrub down all the racks because i'm like if i leave any plastic on there it's gonna melt and burn and all that again yeah it's really had to get it off yeah and then you know we cooked our dinner in the microwave so um that worked out okay. Um, and uh, we, the people we were renting from were like super, super sweet people, just really laid back. And I, I messaged them and explained what happened. And I'm like, please let me know if you need us to cover any damages. Like we really tried to clean up as best we could, but like if the oven needs any uh, anything else, let us know. And they, they were like, no, no worries. Like we checked it out. We looked at it. Like it's all good. And it still mm-hmm. smelled like a little bit funny when we turned it on after that to just like check, but it was it was actually pretty clear. So. So that was good. It was it was just uh, quite an incident. I feel like part of uh, part of owning an Airbnb is also the the collecting the various stories. <laughs> okay, so hearing that story, um, this is a this is a you know a, a judgment free space. We're talking about mistakes we've possibly made as a medical professional. Uh, did you uh, eat the garlic that was infused with delicious plastic flavor? <laughs> oh, the garlic was okay. Was it, it was like, was it? It was wrapped in tinfoil. So like the pan had melted from like, yeah, that's down true. Nothing below would get through into it. Yeah. Like the garlic was sitting in the pan wrapped in tinfoil and the pan like melted from beneath it kind of. I okay. still used it. Yes. Oh, <laughs> interesting. So there wasn't like a distinct plastic flavor to it? No, no, there really wasn't. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm also, okay. I may be a medical professional, but I also do eat pretty much anything. As you <laughs> may remember from the iron stomach like, mm-hmm. working with me at camp, I, I really, really hate food waste. Yeah. And it, it's, mm-hmm. I will pretty much eat every anything. And my husband's a lot more skeptical and he's like sniffing it and he's like, yeah, you can eat that if you want. I don't want any. <laughs> but I never have gotten sick from it. I don't believe. I mean, it's probably strengthening your immune system as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, when kids used to like drop hot dogs into the fire, I'd be like, "Pick it up, brush it off." You're not definitely <laughs> seen you do that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. fine. It is fine. It is fine. I, listen, it's a hot dog to begin with, so I mean, yeah, like, exactly. how much unhealthier are we gonna get with a little ash? On exactly. It? You're probably just you know, you know, getting a little bit of carcinogens, a little bit of building the immune system. It's all good. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Look at that. See, we even get the medical perspective on yeah. on the benefits of eating the hot dogs that have fallen yeah. in the fire. You can't get that at any other podcast. Come on. No. <laughs> um, Bethany, you worked in uh, on kitchen staff at Ryerson, did you not? Or no, was I did two summers counseling. Oh, Gemma. And... Sorry, I'm thinking of your awesome sister. Yeah, that was Gemma. My sister was the head cook one year. Out of the blue, she just like, I don't even think she worked at camp the year before. I think she nope. just went yeah. straight to head cook. 
And I think she was like 19. What a hero. Maybe 20, but I think she was 19. Yeah. Also, she was really good. Like, head cook is a tough position. And I remember, I wasn't on staff that year, but I remember people being like, the kitchen is so smooth this year. And like going and visiting her. And she was just like, oh, yeah, like, it's, it's, we're just doing her thing. Like, I'm sure she she was probably stressed, but yeah. Yeah. No, she was definitely stressed the heck out. But yeah, Um, they had a good kitchen vibe. Like, she had a good team and Mm -hmm. she did do a great job. Because I was going to ask, of course, if there if you had any funny kitchen mishaps, but I'm also just wondering in general, like, are there any funny camp mishaps that you were uh, a part mishaps. of? Well, one thing, one thing that comes to mind, I don't honestly know how funny this was because it truly was a mistake, was like, you know how sometimes as a counselor, you'll be like, make a plan with the other counselors and be like, oh, this would be so fun if we like pranked your cabin or you pranked ours, whatever, mm-hmm. like, ha ha ha. Oh, yeah. And then, we, the girls in our cabin, wanted to prank the guys in, like, our co-male half. You know, like, our half of our cabin was a group with half group. of their cabin. Mm-hmm. So we were like, oh, we can prank the guys. But, like, oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Trent that was the, the counselor um, from the other cabin. And they just had, like, a really tough group of guys. And I think, like, the toughness also was coming from, like, the other half of the boys that weren't in our group. So I don't think I really realized that they were, like, struggling so much with them. And we're like, sure, sure, we can prank them. And we got this toilet paper and we were going to go, like, wrap it around their cabin and stuff. But we, like, (laughs) came at the unfortunate moment when they had just managed to get their super wild boys to actually, like, lie in their beds and get ready to sleep. Which is so hard to do when you have a cabin of kids who will – all you need is one kid who doesn't (laughs) want to go to sleep. Of course, exactly, Mm -hmm. and keeps everybody else up. And, oh, that moment – I've been in those cabins in that moment when you're, like, they're finally asleep, which is great because not only do you feel proud of the work that you've done, but also that means as a counselor, you get to go to sleep now. Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I know. with a great idea yeah and then one of the girls threw one of the toilet paper things and it did not go over the cabin at all because those things are quite tall for young children <laughs> and it hit the um, like kind of the eaves trough area right by the window and made like a very loud noise and the boys in the cabin were all like what what's that and then they're all like ah. and I looked vivid and then we're like Okay, let's go, girls. We're we're down here. Let's run back. And I vividly remember like Trent's face as he opened the cabin door, just being so frustrated and like sad and tired. And I was like, I am so sorry. Trent, if you're listening, (laughs) Trent, if you're listening, uh, we hope that we can have a a reunion episode and a reconciliation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that would be great. Another one that just popped to my mind, um, speaking of kitchen incidents, that summer when Gemma was head cook, she was waking up like super duper early every day, of course, because like mm-hmm. that's what the head cook does. And one day, and I was wilderness head that year. And uh, one day I, I, for some reason, also had to get up early or I was like, I'll just get up early for you and like, She's like, oh, this is so great. Breakfast is prepped. I just have to get up early to put the banana bread in the oven. Like, I don't, I really barely even have to prep anything else. And I was like, oh, that's great. Like, why don't you sleep in? I'll put the banana bread in the oven for you um, and it'll be all good. And she's like, oh yeah, that'd be great. And then we were talking and she's like, yeah, but I get up at that time anyways. I like to like go down to the water and do my devos at that time anyways. So like, it's fine. Like, it doesn't really matter either way. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. Well then in that case, like, 
sure, whatever, it doesn't matter. But somehow by the end of that, like, yeah, it doesn't really matter either way conversation. I thought she was doing it and she thought I was doing it. And then we're sitting in Devo's at like 7.30. She leans over to me and she's like, what time did you put the banana bread in? And I was like, "Ah, I am so sorry, Jim. And she just saw the look on my face and was like, oh, okay, it's fine. And like rushed up to the kitchen and put it in. Still was not ready in time for breakfast, but we had muffins too. So it was okay. But I honestly (laughs) still feel guilty about that to this day because I just felt so bad. I was like trying to help her out. And she was so organized and she always had everything on the ball. And like I had messed her up by trying to be helpful and then being completely (laughs) unhelpful. (laughs) oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's a that's a rough feeling when the, the good intention to act goes awry exactly yeah. you're just you're trying to be like a great sister a great like co-leader at camp yeah. and, <laughs> and oh boom. man and of, of course not the first or last uh breakfast that's you know yeah it wasn't a disaster she just put out cereal and muffins and liam was like can you just crank the temperature and like hurry it up and she's like that's <laughs> not how it works <laughs> Just toss it in the microwave. We'll get some banana bread in no time. Yeah, you you maybe could do that. I don't know. Uh, well, maybe there's a there's a segue there. There's a there's a better segue than we usually have because uh, you mentioned Gemma getting up early to do her quiet time uh, mm-hmm. while being a busy uh, head staff and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've t- we've we've had a briefing a bit about where you wanted to go with this conversation. So I'm setting up the segue. Mm-hmm. And for those who. For those who don't know, maybe quiet time isn't a phrase that gets bandied around in, in every mm-hmm. community. Um, can you uh, give us, what would you call quiet time, uh, Bethany? Like, what, um, what is quiet time to you? I think, like, especially from just, like, the generic camp context of, like, quiet time would typically be, like, by yourself, usually with either a Bible or a journal or a book or just, like, just nature or whatever setting is like calm for you just kind of to pray and reflect and uh, kind of refill your cup cool mm-hmm. so uh the question of the of the podcast um of, of tell, tell us about a time that you were uh wrong about something in your spiritual journey or a time that you needed to uh grow or, mm-hmm. or be challenged um that's mm-hmm. my my setup for our quiet time segue Take it away, mm-hmm. Bethany. <laughs> Love it. So I have to preface this with, like, when you first told me this, this about this podcast, again, I was like, that's kind of a confusing question. Like, oh, yeah. what were you wrong about in your faith? Because, like, how do I know what I'm right or wrong about now? Mm-hmm. Like, I might <laughs> think that I was wrong then and that I have figured out something different now, but I'm pretty not confident that what I have figured out now is also right. I'm just like, yeah, this kind of seems to make sense. And, like... I don't know, the way I thought before maybe doesn't make as much sense, but like, who am I to say whether I was right or wrong and whether I am right or wrong? So mm-hmm. I will preface with that. <laughs> There's no solid definition. Yeah. And actually, I, I've, I've loved that, like kind of holding the tension that, of course, like in our lives and in our faith journey, it's really that it's, it's, su- it's super not about, you know, trying, quote unquote, to get it right. But mm-hmm. merely just the idea that also as we grow and change and reflect on uh, the power of going, I'm in a different place now or um, mm-hmm. or I see a different picture now or a bigger picture or a nuance that I didn't see before. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we, we also, as we host this, totally recognize that that's sort of like that's a tension that um, is, is kind of we, it's kind of fun to hold together. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So um, what kind of. This was a hard question too for me to like think about because again along the same lines I think 
my understanding of God, everything in my faith journey, and even just how I understand the world has been like a very gradual growing and shifting. Like I couldn't say off the top of my head that there's something that I was like, yeah, I really believe that firmly and I was totally wrong. Like I don't, I can't think of anything that's been that black and white for me. It's been more of like a gradual like shifting, which is probably a, a similar experience to a lot of people. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, but one thing that came to mind um, was that I used to, when, like I'm thinking probably around like first year university age me, I was quite like dedicated and scheduled to my quiet time as we were just talking about, like as I had previously defined. So for me, um, especially in, when I think of first year university, I I was on a schedule. Usually that meant like I would wake up, you know, at a certain time, half an hour before I kind of had anything else that I had to get to. And I would usually have my Bible and I would usually have my journal and I'd be either like reading through a book of the Bible or following like an online devotional plan or something. Um, or I would just kind of like be reading, yeah, be reading through a section. I would kind of like write notes that I liked on a sticky note and kept them by my bed and or reflect on them in my journal. And I would do that pretty much regularly. And I felt like it was really a grounding experience for me and it was really um, helped me kind of set myself up for the day in like a calm, grounded headspace, kind of helped me put mm-hmm. things in life in perspective. Like if I had assignments or exams or things that were stressing me out, it was kind of like, yep, this is my, this is my steady state. Everything's going to be okay. Put it in context of, you know, my whole life and the whole world, this one thing that I'm worrying about is, is fine and it's going to be fine. And I think that was very much helpful for me at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I kind of like really, um, thought as I was reading through the Bible, especially with the gospels where Jesus is, you know, speaking his message, I would always think like, as I was reading Jesus words, man, if I could just like absorb the kind of person he is and the things he's saying, then I'll just be a better Christian and a better person. And I just thought like, if I read my Bible every day and really got to know it well and got to know what was in there, that I would automatically be a better Christian and a better person. Mm. Um, It's kind of how I like study for knowledge-based things as well. I don't, I'm not like I must memorize each individual fact. I'm very much like go through some practice, go through some questions, go through some readings and I'll kind of like get the gist of it. Mm -hmm. And the more you reread through it, the more it kind of sinks into your brain. Yeah. And coming from a science field, you know, engaging, um, you know, your intellect with the, as sort of a lead piece Mm -hmm. of how you grow and learn, like that makes a lot of sense. And a lot of people do, you know, that's their, um, that's their learning style as well. So, and I think a lot of people would identify with that, that, that for a lot of people is very helpful and carries over to their, um, faith life, um, and, and others, you know, grow and experience it differently. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's exactly kind of where I'm going with this is that like, I kind of, gradually eventually like other things came into my life my routines changed um and I kind of gradually got out of a place where I I was I was not doing that like quiet time or that devo all the time and like at first when I realized I wasn't really wasn't doing that I kind of felt guilty about it and I felt like oh man like I I really should be doing that that's what's gonna like help me in my faith journey and help me become like the person and the Christian that I want to be. And like, Oh, I should really make time for it. Like you can always make time for the things that are important. And, and, and then I got to a place where I was like, I kind of just kind of just really don't want to, like, I can't focus on like 
just sitting down and reading a segment for for very long. I can't like, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm tired, I don't feel like I can focus my brain on reading at all. I just want to be like passive, passively like resting or thinking. And I just kind of like, so I went from a place of like feeling like, oh, I'm, this is, I felt guilty. I, you know, I, I should be doing this to a place of kind of like, ah, doesn't really matter that much. I don't really care, whatever. This isn't really like a part of my life now and that's okay. It, it doesn't really matter to me. Um, and then I like recently, just this year, I kind of was like, felt like I was spinning a little bit. I felt like I wasn't really very grounded. I was like getting, um, stressed out and the future was like kind of making these decisions. Um, I told you I was just much to residency. So kind of making decisions about where I was going to, for my future. And, um, I was just busy studying for my final exam and, and finishing up med school. And I was kind of like, man, remember when my life was so much more, kind of grounded by that routine of reading my Bible mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. and journaling every day and kind of having that time to reflect and like ponder and meditate. And one of my housemates had told me like, Bethany, you really need to get into meditation. Like, come, come on, do meditation with me. And I was like, no, oh my gosh, please. No. Like the thought <laughs> of just sitting for an uh, a unlimited period of time right. and just thinking was like, please I do not want to do that like I'm like go, you want to go, run go. in the other direction I'm a doer like what's the task yeah, yeah. Give me something yeah. To do. what's the goal that I can accomplish yeah. yeah but I told her I'm like you know what actually I do enjoy like a lot more than just sitting and thinking is like just walking and thinking like the action mm. of the steps somewhere in. going somewhere yeah it's like I don't even have to be like going somewhere but you know the, the action the like movement mm. the flow of that is like really meditative for me and mm. and I kind of thought about this around the same time she told me to start meditating I was like oh that is kind of like my my new quiet time that seems like it's kind of replacing that need for me, that need for something to keep me grounded, something to keep me like in connection with God and something to keep me kind of at peace and, and um, like reflective and kind of um, being able to like put things in my life into perspective, um, especially during stressful times. Actually, I think the thing, the other thing that kind of encouraged me and got me into doing that was when I was um, doing my, I was doing a placement for medical school up north in Moose Factory, which is on James Bay. So it's like a, it's a fly-in community, um, mostly Indigenous population. Um, and my preceptor was an Indigenous woman. And she would go for a walk every single day after um clinic it was it was mostly I think for her health was that was her routine but sometimes I would go with her and she was like oh this is so nice I get so lonely going for my walks by myself every day and she lived by herself so she's like this is so nice I get lonely often but she said when I do go by myself I really take this time to talk to creator Mm -hmm. and she told me like I see so many people of my people like in my culture who are so lost because they don't have that connection to creator Mm. and they, they are hooked on like she, like she said for herself, she had burned out so many times in her career, just working herself to the bone, putting in so many hours, just go, 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 because she felt like that's what she had to do. And she said, like, I felt like I I was filling that need for that spiritual, uh, 
filling her spiritual need with work. Mm. And she's like, I see so many people in my culture um, who are so lost. They don't have that connection to the land. They don't have a connection to the creator. They don't have connection to earth. And they're, they're getting pulled into all these other things like um, work overworking themselves, getting into drugs or alcohol or, you know, um, breaking down family relationships. And, um, Mm. and that really struck a chord with me and reminded me that like, you know, there is something really important, whatever your spiritual niche is, it doesn't have to be one way. It doesn't have to be, I sit down with my Bible and read it for half an hour and that's going to make me a better Christian. But there is something important about connecting with your spiritual needs and, and filling that spiritual bucket in whatever way works for you. And, and having that connection to something deeper inside of you and to something bigger than you or outside of you. And she really like, she really struck a chord with me too, because I felt like um, going for those walks with her and just being in nature has always been a place that makes me feel very much like God is real and tangible and there. Mm -hmm. And no matter what else I'm kind of struggling with, as far as my beliefs and my faith or Christianity specifically, I feel like when I see natural creation, I'm so sure that there must be God. Like, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know who he is or what he's like, but like, this must be what he's like, like what I'm seeing in the natural world. Mm. So she really like tuned me into that. And I realized like, yeah, it's, this is, this is probably like a part of my life that I really am missing that I, that I'm actually something in my life is suffering because I don't have that routine um, connection to God into the spiritual part of myself. Um, but as I was saying before, I was already kind of like, I, the thought of just like sitting down and reading my Bible for half an hour and focusing and actually thinking was like, Oh, I really don't know if I can do that. And I honestly feel like I, my attention span has just worsened the older I've gotten. Like I swear when I was a kid, I could sit and read Harry Potter for like hours on end. Now I'm like 10 minutes of sitting and reading. I know I can barely watch a movie, but like I, I thought, yeah, you know, she goes for her walk every day and that's her time to connect. I love going for walks. I love just like seeing the space around me, even if it's just walking through the city, like it's just seeing people's gardens it's seeing other people out walking with their dogs and like just, you know, walking by the water, walking on like a nice path. Um, and there's something like very methodical and, um, kind of meditative about just the walking motion and like it kind of helps me kind of keep my mind a little more focused while I can I can still kind of think about whatever I want but I'm I'm able to kind of somehow focus a little bit better when I'm moving and, and having that repetitive mm-hmm. movement so after that I kind of uh, did uh, take up the routine of going for a regular morning walk instead of like waking up and reading my bible every day like I used to I'd get up you know half an hour earlier than whatever else I had going on that day and just go for a walk around the neighborhood, do a different loop every day and really intentionally use that time for prayer and just for giving thanks and just for noticing the beautiful things around me and for kind of just like processing the things that I was worried or stressed about and really just like letting go of those things and, and finding peace uh, with, with those things that were, were worrying me. And, you know, having, talked about that you come from such as particularly in your 
in in studying the last few years, and now as you go and start practicing um, medicine, coming from such a um, an an intellectually focused and a head focused um, mm-hmm. field and and practice, mm-hmm. uh, I'm I just as you talk about that, I'm also aware, of course, like the ability for it um, for going and take a walk, allowing your mind to to sharpen and focus in it. And also, of course, that uh, you're legitimately like engaging your body as you do it and the the benefits for um, I think we uh, a lot of us or at least I know I grew up very much in a in a culture that's uh, we would talk about this in like the arts community, how we need to like engage our presence either on stage or on film because we're Mm. not just brains on sticks. And so (laughs) uh, and I think we live very much in a culture in a lot of ways of of brains on sticks and and forgetting Mm. to. Um, to engage our bodies, which which then, uh, to go back to what your precept was talking about, deeply reconnects us when we do that within our relationship with the land as, as well, mm-hmm. and that we we follow this Jesus who is um, God, come not as simply sim- not simply as words or ideas, but as God with a body, and mm-hmm. and so um, just the ability to. Uh, yeah, to engage and, and reconnect our bodies, mm-hmm. especially from where you're coming from, where you've had such a mind focused mm-hmm. y- like years of your life now, yeah. like studying and that's that being the lead. And, and especially then in this last year where, I mean, I imagine a lot of your stuff was in front of your computer screen, like right. most of us and yep, classes. And so patients. it's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another like interesting thing that you just made me think of when you were saying that, because I hadn't really thought about that, like, how important it is to engage like the bodily part of yourself instead of just the thinking part. But one thing that you kind of, that kind of made me think was like, it's so interesting that in medicine and as I've gone through medical school, we're learning all about the physical body and like things that go wrong with it and how to treat it. And, but we're like doing all the learning, as you say, like with just head knowledge, basically, um, and a lot of it has been virtual. And now we even do appointments distanced virtual on the phone. And then there is a lot of like emotional and, and psychological components that go into healthcare as well. But uh, yeah, just interesting that uh, we do need to remember to like incorporate the, that bodily aspect of health. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, couldn't affirm this more like the, the Christian story, if you want to boil it down as basic as you can get is like somebody thought about a life transition and then went for a really long walk. <laughs> like Abraham is like called to go to another land and he walks across the Middle East. And then like all these deep. different people. Yeah, yeah. The whole Old Testament story is like, okay, like what, who are we as a nation? We're leaving Egypt. Let's wander around for 40 years. <laughs> and yeah. like Jesus is like, Jesus is ready to go into ministry. So he's like, I'm going to the desert for 40 days and I'm yeah. going to wander around. And most of the stories told the disciples are on the road to somewhere. Eugene Peterson, yeah, absolutely. That, that it being in in transition, like literally physically with their bodies and as a collective, mm-hmm. they are growing and being formed and learning while they are while they are walking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Um, I did a, a night with a couple of the subhubs talking about parables, and uh, in one of them, well, we tried to write parables. Um, and one of them, somebody mentioned, they were like, oh, like, how is Jesus so good at this? Um, and we were like, talking about that. We were like, did he just come up with these off the top of his head? And we're like, no, no, no. Jesus guy, yeah. He's, he's really got the Christian life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really yeah, no, the, he's the heads up on this Christian life. 
No, but like it's it's tricky to write a parable, and we're like, oh, of course, because he was walking around all the time. Like he just went for these, like he was walking from city to city, and probably like cooking up like a good twist. Yeah, what like, else oh, did you like have to the prodigal about? son? He's gonna he's gonna sell. <laughs> he's trying to get his inheritance early, but oh, what a twist! And then like he's yeah. probably just like thinking about that stuff as he's walking along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's this this quote from this fella um, Aldo Leopold, who's like one of these kind of like modern uh, naturalist kind of uh, scholars. He wrote the the Sand County Almanac, um, but uh, it's been bouncing around in my head for a while because I've been thinking about walking the Bruce Trail in September. Uh, oh, yeah. And the quote was just this simple: um, "The more roads that we build, the less beautiful our minds are." Um, mm-hmm. And talking about like, and when we can get places quickly, like when we can drive or when we can. Um, you know, get somebody somewhere without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it robs you of the opportunity of enriching your mind by going there slowly mm-hmm. and having like the journey along the way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you were saying like Jesus did all of his stories and talking on the road. I'm like, well, that was also the only way they had to get anywhere. Like they either walked mm-hmm. or they rode an animal. Like those are pretty much your options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very like countercultural spiritual practice to to like tune out from the noise like it, whether it's like whatever whatever your particular vice is if it's the news cycle mm-hmm. or if it's tiktok or if it's uh like for me it's like i almost always will have music or an audiobook or a podcast going on yeah. like some sort of audio mm-hmm. um and to like take a step away is like it is a spiritual practice totally. uh, in the same way that taking time away to read your bible or to journal mm-hmm. was for you for for so long yeah and i think that's why it was nice for me when i created this new like routine or ritual, as you said, of going for my walk every morning was because like, I wasn't even walking to get somewhere. I wasn't like, Oh, I'll just get there faster if I bike or like, like you said, or often if I'm just going for a walk just to like, enjoy the sunshine, I'll call someone like I'll call my mom or someone I am not nearby and talk for a while because I'm like, Oh, I'm just not going to be doing anything anyways. But this was like, I'm intentionally not going to call anyone. I'm intentionally not going to listen to anything. I'm just going to walk Mm. so that i can think and like just observe what's around me and reflect and pray and that's all Mm -hmm. yeah and it it makes sense that you know for i think in a lot of ways the the development of quiet time as as we tend to call it in, in our community as a as a really important spiritual practice is um is maybe even sort of filling a gap uh, for the loss of Sabbath, um, because that mm. that's a huge mm-hmm. thing that um, is just our our society leaves like no space for. It. And now more than ever, like you said, where where even on a day off you can be like, okay, on my day off I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to read this book yeah. or listen to this podcast or mm-hmm. or even like social. Um, not that it's bad to be social, obviously, but sometimes when it becomes like social mm-hmm. obligations, like oh, I have to catch up with this person and I haven't I haven't done this, or, um, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, just the importance, whether it's, yeah, whether it's the, the kind of micro version of Sabbath that I think quiet time can function really well as, um, mm-hmm. or if, if you're able to cultivate like a day of Sabbath, which for me was a was a real game changer because I was mm-hmm. never a person who, uh, because I'm so non-routine based, because I'm so like Enneagram mm-hmm. 7, which is like, can't yeah. like pin me down or like artsy brain, like I don't like routine. Mm-hmm. And so trying mm-hmm. to set a routine, even like I've, I, I've, when I can get a good quiet time in in a morning, I do feel so filled by it, but it's just never mm-hmm. something, never something I was able to keep up like in the long run. Um, mm-hmm. But when a couple of years ago, I was able to start really carving out like, okay, I'm not good at like picking a time every day, but can I, can I get, can I start carving out a day or close to a day every week? And that was a huge game changer mm-hmm. for me. And, and for, yeah, the ability mm-hmm. to 
like you said, I'm not going to get this done or set a schedule or make sure mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z is accomplished, but simply to stop, um, to, to escape the hustle, which I think especially mm-hmm. for millennials and Gen Z is just overwhelming. Um, mm-hmm. It becomes so important. Walter Brueggemann writes about um, Sabbath as, as resistance and like resistance mm-hmm. to the culture that we live in, which is like now, 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 go, mm-hmm. go, go. And Eugene Peterson wrote about that too. And they wrote about it like, in like 80s and 90s and now we live in you know like culture of twitter and facebook and news moving really really fast which in some ways is a gift to be connected like that but in other ways it's just exhausting so to be Mm -hmm. able to to yeah resist and like you said tim be countercultural, um i think is something that's i i hesitate to say in the long journey of like the faith tradition, but like seems more important than ever to be able to stop and rest. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, like engage with creator, engage again with your body, with land, be able to reflect. Um, it's just mm-hmm. such a, such an important thing mm-hmm. that are, that doesn't uh, happen naturally in the rhythms of our society and in most mm-hmm, of our lives. Sure. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I think it's just mm-hmm. a nice reminder for me like also, like kind of what I've learned from this whole experience is that like there's no one way to find God and I'm not just going to mm-hmm. be a better Christian just by reading my Bible every day. There's like many different ways to find God and many different ways to like self-reflect and to think and, and process and cultivate your own faith and, you know, whether whatever kind of, you know, if that includes movement for me or, you know, mm. just stillness for someone else or, whatever you know silence versus listening to music there's many different like settings and places and ways to get that you know fulfillment of that need yeah Yeah. and Mm -hmm. it just makes so much sense like the the for so many of us like the bible has been for those of us who have been privileged enough to have positive relationships with scripture and not everyone does Mm -hmm. so like i'm very aware of that for those of us who it has been a positive thing whether through camp or for our own quiet time rhythms, like obviously it, it can be such an incredible gift, but to limit um, encountering Holy Spirit or to limit mm-hmm. um, being formed in Christ or communing with um, with Creator to the Bible would would be like hilarious to the early disciples mm-hmm. who did not have <laughs> who did not have, not have in that like early Acts church exactly <laughs> these these yep. things and so yeah our do would to to box in like that and think that we've got something that the you know, that the early apostles, the men and women and, and, and people who followed Jesus didn't have that we somehow got mm-hmm. one up on them um, would be probably uh, probably off track to suggest. Yeah. So it's it's so great to be able to then rediscover or discover for the first time just all the different ways um, people mm-hmm. can encounter the spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was like a teenager um, and first kind of, you know, trying to take faith seriously as my own thing. I would hear about people doing quiet time and it always seemed like it was like a pick like one sentence and really dig into that one yeah. sentence or like this one Reflect chapter. On it and really deeply. I just found that, yeah, I found that so difficult. Like mm. I would try it and just be like, oh, guess quiet time's not for me. Like people journaling mm. three pages about like one chapter. And like the first time that like a spiritual practice of engaging scripture really clicked for me was when I tried to like read the Bible really fast of just like reading this whole thing because for my particular mind where I was at at the time understanding like an overarching story and structure and like noticing connections between books and all that was like this really engaging thing for me yeah Uh, and I think there's something too 
uh, one, like we're talking about right now, finding the spiritual practice that like works for you uh, mm. easily and effectively, um, like this, like going for walks or like at that time when I was like 18 and just like powering through scripture. Um, but then the, I think there's also something to uh, when when it's the right time, intentionally pushing yourself into a practice that you're uncomfortable with. Um, like right now I'm aware that I'm very uncomfortable with silence. Like I was saying, uh, with like <laughs> listening to music, listening to podcasts and all those kinds of things. Right. So I'm like trying to like actively, like, I'm like, I'm like deleting Spotify from my phone every like few oh, days wow. being like, Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. I'm not going to do it. And then like a couple of days later I put it back on. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, having those for the car ride all of a sudden. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. 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 But like, like, couldn't that, couldn't that car ride be an invitation into a time yeah. of like reflection, um, that I'm Ooh. uncomfortable with, whereas I would love to like dig into some topic or whatever. So yeah, I think there's I think there's there's a there's a balance as we like kind of make our way through life of taking the moments like I think right now like with the, the world's going wild I think the best thing for people to do is just find something that's working for them that's mm-hmm. gonna like not add an additional stress and complexity into our lives like so many people did not transition over to online church uh, and that's awesome like that's totally fine mm-hmm. I I. I would be so bored with online church and I didn't do it. And my parents are doing it. And I think my mom skips it sometimes. Calling out <laughs> my parents again on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but um, it, that's working for them. But like, I think, I think the best thing right now for people is like, you know, to find the thing that's going to work and not add additional complexity. And then you feel guilty when you do miss uh, online church. You're like, oh, I'm just not engaged the same way. Like I don't get to see people. I don't get to chat with them after mm-hmm. church. Like I just yeah. don't want to do it. And then you feel guilty when you don't go and it's like, oh, I can't win. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the the opportunity that's there is, of course, because standard rhythms that, mm-hmm. that we're in have been shaken up can then d- discover uh, new things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even... Yeah, even press into things that we would normally be uncomfortable with. Because I mean, what you just said, mm-hmm. Tim, sounds sounds at least to me very much what you experienced when your when your housemate Bethany was like, "Yeah, maybe try meditating." And and your initial like, instinct no. was like, "No, don't, no way! Like, I don't want to <laughs> yeah. lean in there." But yeah. then eventually, like, yeah, eventually, just sort of like pressing in, then sort of yeah, uh, cultivated sure. or stirred up something new in your in your rhythms, and then and then of course, then the overflow was able to go into your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. Bethany, do you have any um any advice or words of wisdom for somebody listening to this podcast who uh is struggling with having a regular spiritual practice or is looking for a regular spiritual practice or is feeling bad about not wanting a regular spiritual yeah. practice? <laughs> or who has tried out quiet time and is just like, I can't do Ugh. it, I don't get yeah. it. Everybody else yeah. seems to be doing really well and I just yeah. fall asleep. Because I'm sure there's lots of people. Yeah. First, I was going to say, like, I was thinking of all those kids in camp. But, like, we started them young with, like, yeah, quiet time. You can do this. And, like, I feel like kids especially, honestly, we're, we're conditioned to it young. But it follows us throughout, like, a lot of life. We're conditioned to, like, just sit down. That's what you're supposed to do. Just sit down and be quiet. Mm. Just just do your work. Just think. Just yeah. sit down and be quiet. It's like, mm. that's just not going to work for a lot of people. Right from childhood, I think of these, like, kids that were, like, we're, we're telling them like, go find a tree, just take this handout we've given you just like, it's only gonna be 10 minutes, you can manage 10 minutes. And like, there is something like Tim was saying, to being pushed outside your comfort zone. It's like, these kids who are go, 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 camp is so fun and exciting. This is awesome. Like, there probably is something positive to be gained from like, you're just going to be on your own for 10 minutes. And that's fine. It's okay to push kids or push ourselves or whoever into those, I don't really want to do this. This isn't really my thing, you know, scenarios. But at the same time, like, maybe for some of those kids and for some of us, what would work better 
is like, instead of your counselor tells you, go sit by that tree and read this thing for 10 minutes, maybe what works better for you, like for me is like, you kind of like walk up and down, you know, your little area by yourself for 10 minutes. And that's what helps you kind of think more or, you know, whatever it is that works for you. So I I think the first thing I was going to say to your advice question was like, you don't need to feel guilty if this isn't a routine or regular. And like Adam was saying, he doesn't like routines. And, you know, I was just mentioning how I feel guilty when I don't go to online church, but then I'm not really like really drawn into online church, but you kind of feel like you Mm -hmm. should go. And like, there's just, there's no guilt to it. Like there's no right way to do being a Christian or just Mm. being a human. Like you don't have to sit down with your Bible every day. You don't have to take a Sabbath once a week. You don't have to tune into church once a week. Like you got to do what works for you. But from, from like what, what I've just experienced and what I kind of now perceive as like a good way or the right way, quote unquote, to, to do it is like, it is important to fill your spiritual need in some way. Like, even if you feel like you're someone that isn't really engaged by reading the Bible or going to church right now, it doesn't mean you don't have spiritual needs as well. And it doesn't mean that it's not helpful and healthy for all of us to like connect with our spiritual selves and with God and with like a higher power in whatever way works for us. Um, yeah. So that, that that would be all my advice. Just try, try out different things. And if you kind of feeling like what I was feeling, like whatever, I'm not really like doing this in my life at this point and it's fine. Like it's not really affecting my life. Like, okay, sure. That, that might be fine, but maybe there is something that like is to be gained from just having those reflective um, prayerful times in whatever way kind of works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think about like people, people in, um, people as like we're physical and we're emotional, we're mental, we're spiritual, all these things. And there's, there's a lot of like parallels between those elements of life. Like if you, if you like suffered some sort of great wound, you broke your leg, um, and then you like took some time off walking, everyone would be like, oh yes, that makes sense. Don't walk mm-hmm. on that broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's there's like a, a a hesitance to apply that kind of same understanding to to spiritual practice um mm. where you know if if you've if you've suffered some sort of great like spiritual injury um mm. or uh this like pandemic has been a great spiritual injury for you yeah. um the healthy thing could be to uh keep some like take some time off that leg and don't do any mm. walking around for a bit um to to let a little bit of healing happening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. That's a, that, I like that analogy. And like, I think that's something I hadn't really thought about before, but I think you're right in that, like for a quite a time, I was kind of like, yeah, this is fine. I just like need some time off from that. But for me personally, and maybe this isn't everyone and maybe like some people really have experienced a lot of hurt within, you know, whatever spiritual experience that they've experienced. Um, yeah. For me, when I kind of came back to, yeah, I really do like connecting with God in this way. And I really do see God in nature. And I really do Mm -hmm. like going for these walks. It was very like refreshing for me. I was like, oh, wow. Like Mm -hmm. this really is helping me be more calm and at peace in my life. And, you know, maybe it was just that kind of healing period per se that that kind of made it easier to come back to. Mm -hmm. All these like lessons we can learn from ourselves in retrospect, Mm -hmm. you know, looking back and seeing, oh, that's what was happening in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like we're in uh we're surrounded by a a lot of good company and i think in in many ways we all try to 
box uh box god in uh box yeah. ourselves into a certain like like corner and uh and uh, i just love yeah the, i love that vision that you cast of just being able to 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 open uh open things up and see what is the like we read in scripture how the spirit gives uh imparts different gifts and how the body of christ mm-hmm. is different um pieces that that are able to serve in different roles and so it just mm-hmm. makes so much sense of course that um and we just look at just the vast diverse you know non-uniform uh tradition um of of the faith of people who have followed jesus for thousands of years now and just seeing um uh of course there are just so many different ways that people um connect uh and and commune and where things resonate um so yeah the ability to um i I love just holding those tensions where you can find what works for you and also know those moments when you can press into something that maybe you um you want to flee at the thought of or is or is uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and just to see what comes of it even if it what comes of it isn't like I developed this new spiritual practice that I used to hate, but just, and now I love it. Just even that like, yeah, I tried that and it, it taught me a few things or it awakened mm-hmm. me to this. And, and as you, you discovered some new things in your practices and also, you know, rediscovered some old things. And there was sort of this mm-hmm. that's happening in the last like year for you. So yeah, I just really love, um, I love that vision you cast of, of that journey that you've taken. Yeah, that's that's a really good way of kind of framing it in terms of like rediscovering and kind of newly discovering. I like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there's just so many good perspectives and I, I could talk to you for a very long time, Bethany, uh, about this kind of stuff. Um, but uh, I think I'll I think we'll wrap us up uh, with our classic uh, transition question or uh, uh, to move away from the, the spiritual talk and just love to hear uh, what uh, what would your perfect day be? What's your what's your ideal day? Oh, excellent last question. Um, I I would love to get up early ish as long as I went to bed on time. Like wake up feeling refreshed. I like to you know get up, see the sun when it's fresh, when not too many other people are out. Go for a nice walk. I am uh, in Kingston right now, which I love being right by the water. I just go for a nice waterfront walk. Uh, then I would like to maybe, uh, bake something yummy and, uh, take it for a picnic for lunch with a couple friends, maybe, um, have some good, less relaxing chats while we eat our lunch, maybe then go for like a bike ride. And, uh, if it was summer, I would love to go for a swim as long as it's nice and warm out. Oh yeah. And, uh... Yeah, mostly just like relaxing, being outside and having some good chats, having some good uh, activity going on and watching the sunset. And yeah, I'm going to just leave it at that. Picnics, sunset, Mm. good walk, swim or bike ride and uh, good chats. Sounds like such a nice day. It's bringing me back to like waking up on your living room floor. And you're like off to school or something, but you're like, oh, I already made muffins and here just like have these muffins and I'm going to go off to school. I think one time when I was visiting Kingston, that's like oh, a did distinct I? Bethany Ricker memory. There you go. Uh, that's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that we had a pullout couch that time, didn't we? Yeah, it's a good, good couch. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for coming on and for chatting with us and uh, sharing your perspective and your experience. It's been, been really great to chat with you. 
This has been awesome. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time.